0: Hello and welcome back to another episode of Beyond the To-Do List. I'm your host, Eric Fisher, and this is the show where I talk to the people behind the productivity. This week, I'm thrilled to share with you a conversation I had with Sean Blanc of The Sweet Setup, which is a site that shows you the best apps and workflows for your iPhone, your iPad, and your Mac. They spend a lot of time and energy to research, test, and find the very best apps Not only that, but they have some great articles on productivity. And in this conversation with Sean, we talk about some of the experiments he's done, like disabling his iPhone from getting Internet access every evening and working in an eight-week work cycle. We'll get into what that means and how that works for him personally as well as his company. And I think you're really going to enjoy it because it really incorporates focused work as well as rest two of the topics that you know we've talked a lot about on this show recently. This is a very unique way of handling it, and I'm looking to take my learnings from that eight-week work cycle conversation with Sean into my own life. I know you're going to enjoy it, so let's just jump right into this conversation with Sean Blanc. This week, it is my privilege to welcome to the show, for the very first time, actually, which is strange, uh, Sean Blanc. Welcome to the show. Thanks, Eric. Glad to be here, man. A lot of people they would say isn't your name blank, but I think with the C, it's more of a smooth ending instead of a hard K ending. So you're not blank; you're Blanc.
1: This is correct. Well, Mel Blanc was the famous cartoon voice (sighs) artist, and uh, went out. But it's it's Blanc like Mont Blanc. Yes, like 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 the the location or the pen.
0: Yes, very. That's yeah. You know, when when people think Mont Blanc, they think kind of productivity. Stuff so that kind of fits doesn't it?
1: I'm a huge pen nerd too, except <laughs> I'm not a huge fan of the Mont Blanc pens, really yeah, see
0: that's the only one that I kind of know I'm not a pen nerd, but that like that's the name I know so this is long overdue for many reasons. number one, like i've been a fan of the sweet setup for years. Thank you, and which is awesome, and we should talk about what that is and why people should care. But then, two, you and I met in person finally uh, last year, almost a year ago at Jeff Goins Tribe Conference, and will I see you there again this year?
1: Probably. I don't know if I'm going to come to the conference, but I'm. I'm. I think I'm going to come to town <laughs> during the conference. I'm. I'm one of those like unconference people. Sure. Sure. Where uh, for me, I get, for me, 95% of the value is the people that are there and the one-on-one meetings or the group dinners and lunches and things like that. And so I love to go if there's an event where a bunch of just awesome, cool, smart people are going to be. I like to go into town during the same time as the event. Totally. And then just host a couple dinners, have some lunch with folks, get breakfast, coffee, like just fill it with hangout time with people and then I'm like completely exhausted. But for me, that's far more productive and um, just more rewarding. I think so.
0: Oh yeah. Well, I mean, and and that's one of the things with a lot of conferences, they there's the phrase, the magic is in the hallways. So that's essentially what you're
1: doing. So exactly. That's exactly what it is. And Jess conference is awesome. I'm a huge fan of tribe. I went last year and I came back with a bunch of notes, uh, but I didn't get to have as many meetings as I wanted. And so I kind of, at some point you got to choose like, if you're going to only be there for a few days in town, are you going to focus on connecting with folks or focus on the event stuff? And I mean, the event was fantastic, highly recommended, especially like any content creator. Like It was an excellent, excellent conference. And Jeff's just an amazing host. Um, yeah. But yeah, so I'm, I'm, I think I'll come, but not actually with the ticket. Well, so,
0: so here's the deal. I will be there for a while before and after the event. So
1: we're definitely going to hook up. Awesome. So but you won't be there during? No, I'll be there du- I'll be there okay. during the
0: event, but you apparently will not be <laughs> at
1: the well, I'll event. I'll be there during it too. I'll yeah, just right. be like bugging people. I've got a bunch of friends in Nashville and, Right, exactly. Uh, so I'll I'll bug people that aren't going to the conference to like hang out during and then in the breaks I'll you know I'll be in the area. And the uh, I forget the name of the place. Is is it it's, the warehouse? Uh the factory. The factory. In Franklin, Tennessee. Yeah. Super, super cool event space. Great place. Uh, so really easy to hang out, bring my iPad, get some work done in the coffee shop down uh down there, and uh whatnot so yeah
0: very cool and yeah. uh and by the way, if anybody's interested, like go to beyond the to do list dot com slash tribe I've got a quick link set up there for you to go check it out, and uh I will be there I will be attending, uh but I will be there before and after as well so and apparently Sean will probably be there. Some of the time, partly, the kinda, no, I'm kidding. So no, I totally, I, I totally get what you're doing. And and honestly, like I should be doing more of that for more conferences. So anyway, so that, so that's how we know each other. But again, you're doing stuff that like, I'm amazed by seriously. Like, I, I mean, this is not just like, Hey, gush on Sean episode, but like the sweet setup
1: is pretty sweet. And well, thank you. That's why we called it that. How, how long have you been doing this? The well it depends. So the original version of the sweet setup was these interviews that I did on my personal blog over on SeanBlanc.net. And it was like, hey, what's your Sweet Mac setup? And this was back, you know, I mean I think this might have even been pre-iPhone days. Mm. But it was what computer do you use? What software do you use? What would your dream setup be? You know, and this is like we'd be nerding out about dual 30 inch monitors and, and all the you know, the old school Apple cinema displays with the aluminum bezel, you know, like that kind of nerdy stuff. And these interviews ended up becoming the most popular, most visited pages on my site. And I just had this business idea. I was like, well, if these were on another site, then I could have more traffic over there and even build out kind of this topic of having a suite setup. And we wouldn't just showcase what what people were using, but we would also recommend um, apps and recommend you know combinations of apps and workflows and things like that. So that was kind of the uh, genesis of it, and it's going to be five years old, um, like in a month from now, two months from now.
0: Mm, okay, yeah. So that that does seem about right because it's been. Four and a half years or so that I've been working from home, and I knew that it was around before then. Before I was into say trying to figure out how to how to set my setup sweetly. Is that even a phrase? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> but, <laughs> but you know, and before I ever knew what like say the wire cutter was, you're probably familiar with that site. That's one of those popular sites mm-hmm. where it's almost like a consumer reports, um, independent consumer report type of thing, where it's like, hey, what do you know, the majority of people out there think is like the best, I don't know, soundbar for a TV, for example, because that's something I've been looking up lately. And then they do a pretty decent job of like going in depth on reviews and figuring it out, you know, and having great criteria and all that kind of stuff. Well, that's what you guys are doing uh over there. And you've got, I mean, it's not just you, you've got a number of people that are involved with this, but you're kind of like my go-to where I'm like, Hey, I'm looking for, uh, let me think of one. I'm looking for a, 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 uh, an, um, an email app. I want to know, like, how do they stand up against each other? Uh, Mac specifically or, or iOS, I should say, all of, the, mm-hmm. all of the Apple ecosphere. In yeah. It. Yeah. And it's so, all very Apple centric. Yeah. And, and so if I was looking to say get a great comparison between all those, those apps, th- your site, the sweet setup is where I would go to take a look at that. And for the most part, you either, agree with what I'm already using or uh bring some uh good options to the table that then I check out. So and what's great is as a productivity guy like then I don't have to do all the like work myself. I've got great like in-depth help from you. So thank you.
1: Absolutely oh, awesome. Thanks man. That's exactly what we're trying to do. Save you guys some time.
0: Yeah. So and and then not only that, but then you like today as we we're recording which was not planned, you Bring out these courses, which I'm trying to figure out how many of them I have. I know I've got a number of them. I know I've got uh, Learning Ulysses. I know I have the Day One, which is the the journaling app, mm-hmm. and then all the things because my tool of choice is Things Three, uh, yes. which was cool because then I got to actually be like a bonus. I don't not an episode, yeah. but like an a interview or whatever whatever you yeah, want to like call a- it. Featured workflow. Yeah, which was cool to be able to be part of that course. And then I think that might be it. But today you've rolled out one password, which, again, another one of my go to tools. So how
1: many of these courses do you have? That's all of them right there. You listed them all four so far.
0: So apparently I inadvertently have all your courses already, except for the one that just came out today and that's on my list. So <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Thanks, man. That's I, didn't even, awesome. I, did, I honestly didn't even know that. So that's hilarious. But, uh, yeah. So the, and, and what's great is, is, I mean, you're, you're literally doing like screencasts type stuff for those of us who, yeah, I mean, it, again, we're here talking on a podcast. I love listening to podcasts, but when I'm trying to like literally learn, I got to sometimes see it happening on a screen, you know? And that's what I like is you're doing screen casts, not, not just screenshots where it's like, okay, put your cursor here, but no, you actually like move things around and you show motion and things happening. That's I'm a visual learner. So.
1: I think, yeah, I agree. I think it's a far better way to quickly get up to speed with an app. So you can watch the, all the videos, I think for, uh, with one password, I want to say it's, I want to say like 90 minutes worth of content. Uh, I might be closer to two hours. Yeah, And so you can kind of, you know, go through that in an, an one or two evenings or in an afternoon, no problem. And you pretty much are in completely acclimated to everything that the app can do. And we've given you all these ideas for how you can apply that for your own usage. So it's like, that's a really quick way to get really up to speed and just feel like, Oh, I get it. Like I, like, like that's the whole goal, right? Is you you go through these videos, like, oh, I get it. It's like, boom. That's that's all we're that's all we're trying to do. And I feel like the screencasts and the videos are the best way to accomplish that really quickly.
0: Yeah, I, I think that's just it's it's the right approach. I think I I really have enjoyed what I've gone through, and of course, like, so here's the thing. You know how people buy courses, and then they're like, I'm going to go through that. And then they're like, oh, man, I don't have time to go through that right now. So I've gone through. <laughs> Can't relate um, at all. No, no idea right. what you're talking about. As a course creator, I deny that that's even a thing. But uh, no, um, the Ulysses one's the one that I haven't gone through yet. But I knew it was important because I knew that at some point I was going to want to use that tool. I already have the tool. So it was one of those no brainers where, and again, you're not charging hundreds and hundreds of dollars for these. They're reasonable price. I mean, there's the initial like, hey, we just launched this thing. It's on sale. And then, but even the non-sale prices are pretty like affordable.
1: Yeah, you know? we, we charge less than the app itself, right? Uh, you know, which which <laughs> seems to make sense. Um, and that's sort of the for us, that's the market. Like the Suite Setup has a pretty large readership. And our aim is going we're going, hey, we know we're building a lot of these. And, you know, folks like you, Eric, are most people are buying most of them. And so our aim is to be like, hey, we'll charge a really reasonable rate and something that we feel conveys the value, something that makes it worth our while to produce it and to to have this be sustainable business model for us, but also something that is Pretty no brainer and pretty impulse uh, price point for most of our audience.
0: Yeah. So, and what's great is again, I trust your courses because I've trusted your site for so long. And I think, like you just said, you've got this, this audience that's already familiar with the work that you do and the authority that you've earned. So the courses kind of speak for themselves. I mean, I had no problem without ever having looked at (laughs) this morning, uh, the one password course. I just said, uh, and you retweeted it, which was crazy. But um, I think I said because I'm not looking up my tweet here on while I'm in the middle of a show. I'm going to hold
1: you to this. You better quote it perfectly. Ah, crap.
0: Um, <laughs> I said one of my. F- oh, I think I said one of my favorite tools and one of my favorite sites. This is a no-brainer. Grab it or something like that. So yeah. So yeah. And and I I had no qualms about that because I just I mean I trust you guys and I trust what you're doing and I trust that again you've I mean one password is. Honestly, it's one of those things where you do need to you do you do need an hour and a half to two hours to sit down and really master it. But once you have done it, like it's like setting up the furniture in your room. Once you've set it up or set up, you know, your home theater system or something, you've got a lifetime of enjoyment to come from it. I just said password management was enjoyable for some reason. Probably it is. There's people listening. They're like, I love
1: my passwords. So <laughs> yeah, no, it's it's, it's true. Well, and this is an app I've been using it for a decade now. Yeah, I was looking back. Same here. At- some of the passwords, some of the original passwords that were created in there. And that entry was created 10, it's been modified since 10 years ago, of course, but (laughs) it was created 10 years ago, like December 2008, and uh, which is just about a decade. And so if you, you know, an hour to figure out an app like this that you're going to now use for the next 10 years is pretty, seems like a pretty good investment. Yeah, so... uh.
0: You don't just have the courses, though, and you don't just have, you know, the reviews. You you actually do some pretty hardcore blogging productivity style. And it's not just about, like, productivity itself, but practical application of it, you know? And that's one of the things I really like uh, about what you're doing. And one of the things that uh, I saw a while ago <laughs> that I was really interested in was you were talking about disabling uh, Internet access in the evenings <laughs> and this fascinated. I'm like, wait a second, why would I want to get rid of the internet in the evenings? But I'm like, Oh, it's on your phone. I guess that makes sense. What, yeah, what, I have... what brought you to this? And, <laughs> and like, tell me the story. Basically. I want to know what made you think of this? How did you implement this? And and it's been a while. So where are we at with it now? Oh man. All right.
1: I'll yeah. <laughs> Let's just say that was a giant failed experiment. <laughs> Um, cause my house is like, you know, okay. So basically I got an Eero, uh, maybe a year, a, a year ago, maybe two years ago now, uh, might have been two years ago. Cause I had my wife's entire family came over for Thanksgiving. Uh, I, I think this was two years ago, our first Thanksgiving in our new house. Cause we moved a, a while ago. So my wife's whole family had come over. So I think there was 12, 12 adults or 12 people. I can't remember. There's a lot two, four, six, eight, eight adults, five children. So there's 13 of us. And it was just packed. And everyone, you know, we're, everyone's got a smartphone. We're trying to stream. I only have an Apple TV. We get terrible antenna reception over here. So if we're trying to watch a show or a movie, it's all through Apple TV. And um, it was just not the greatest, like just Wi-Fi wasn't great. And we have Google Fiber. So I'm like, yeah, you know, I'm, I'm kind of embarrassed that you know, Because my brothers are coming over, and they're like, yeah, Google Fiber, it's awesome. And then it's like, wah, wah, the router is, is pooping on the job. So I get an Eero, which is these, you know, it's a multi-device Wi-Fi mesh network. So basically, you set up one, and then uh, in like your main spot, you plug it into the router or into the modem. But you can set up multiple ones around the house, and then you just have this much thicker, much stronger uh, Wi-Fi connection all throughout the house. So I got one of those. And the Eero app is really, really cool. You can do these things like adjust internet access and you can set rules for different devices. So if you've got kids, you can say, hey, uh, you know, the, my kids' iPads, my oldest is only six right now. So we haven't yet, uh, no one has their own devices right. yet. But we're we're getting there, you know, we're probably a few years away from that. So I would be able to set this up that says, okay, for, you know, Noah's iPad uh, is not allowed to have internet access after 6 p.m. and not before 8 a.m. or something like that. So after dinner, before school, zero iPad access or something like that. And then I could also say, anytime that this iPad is connected to the network, apply these content filters. And so you can, um, this is part of Eero Plus. They have a, a premium subscription that you can pay for, uh, which actually gives you access to 1Password for families as, as part of the subscription, ironically. Oh, wow. Uh, wow. You know, tying that all in. But anyways, you can say, okay, for this iPad, not only do these rules apply for when this iPad can get internet access and when it can't, but also apply these content filters. So, you know, no, no porn sites, no gambling sites, whatever. Uh, and you can have the different age restrictions for, you know, TV 14 or TV seven, whatever, uh, based on sites and stuff like that. Right. So you can apply that. So I'm like, well, I'm going to do that for, uh, my phone, um, for myself. If I'm going to apply no, Internet so that after five o'clock in the evening, which is when I'm done working, uh, I'm going to go upstairs and from five in the evening until uh, six in the morning when I get up, I'm not going to have any Internet on my phone at all. And the thought was like, I won't, you know, I'm not going to get any tweets. I'm not going to get any incoming emails, et cetera, et cetera. Well, so then what ended up happening was I couldn't use uh, Sonos. Because we've got Sonos speakers in the kitchen, in the living room, I'm like, okay, well, dang it, now I can't access my Sonos. <laughs> and then what else was happening was I wasn't, my phone wasn't backing up to iCloud every night because there was no <laughs> Wi-Fi connection or no uh, internet connection. So for like a week, I I wasn't able to play music through my phone. Uh, I wasn't, my phone wasn't getting backed up. None of my photos were syncing to iCloud. None of the, the you know the nightly backups of all my data. Uh, and then what was the third one? Oh, like I wasn't getting messages because I'm on wifi. So my phone thinks it's connected to wifi, but yet the, the iMessage stuff is not coming through. So I'm only getting text messages, SMS from my friends with Androids, but I'm not getting any iMessages. So it was totally a, uh, a failed experiment. But what I think I could do now is actually block specific sites. So I could probably block like my email uh, service, the IP for email. I could block Twitter. I could block um, Instagram. I think those are, I'm not on Facebook at all, but like maybe do some of that. And then also the, of course there's the new do not disturb settings and yes. the screen time settings that are coming to iOS 12, which I'm super pumped about. So you can actually set limits for specific apps. Um, but that was kind of my aim was there's something about like, you can, yes, you can put your phone in do not disturb and you can leave it on the counter, which I do. Um, and then I can access it for, I want to send a text message or send a video to my family, take a picture of my kids, share it with my parents. Uh, You know, that's life. Like we do that in the evenings. That's pretty normal. And, you know, playing music through the Sonos and stuff like that. But um, there's something about when you, not only your phone not like being in your pocket, it's it's removed, it's over by the fridge or something. But just the fact that I know there are no new emails because internet's turned off to Mm -hmm. the phone. And just something about that, like, it's it's off. It's not there. There is nothing to check. Like, that. even just that, just knowing there's nothing there to check was really helpful. So there was definitely, like, a nice kind of calming experience for me, but also was wildly impractical.
0: <laughs> uh, one of the things that obviously some people are probably thinking of is, well, yeah, you turned off LTE, or sorry, the other way around. You turned off Wi-Fi. What about LTE? How, wouldn't that,
1: you know, wouldn't your cell service still get through? Well, yeah, but then then you're back on internet, right? Right. So if I got LTE, now I'm getting Twitter DMs and I'm, you know, new emails. So, and I don't get like push notifications on my phone. I, hardly anything right, gets through either. as a push notification, yeah. but it's still there. So LTE is the same as Wi-Fi, except that then I still can't control Sonos. And I, I still can't do <laughs> the iCloud backups because you had to be on Wi-Fi for that.
0: Well, no, what I mean is, is that, you know, if you were scheduling through the Eero to turn off the Wi-Fi, in, so can the Eero turn off
1: your LTE, too? No, what it did was I actually only set it up to block my phone specifically from the internet. Oh, so, so, that the, way so the Eero
0: Plus stuff has that granular level where it can like reach into your phone and say, no internet at all? Or Well,
1: no, 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 it can't do that. But okay. what the, the Eero Plus can do is also do the content blocking. Gotcha. And so I'm 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 sharing in the situation that if my my kid had an iPad that was uh, didn't have LTE service, it was only Wi-Fi, right? So it's yeah. not like they, they would be able to turn off the Wi-Fi and then connect LTE. Yeah, if you're on LTE, then of course you're bypassing right the the Eero services and stuff like that.
0: But it was enough for you that as you were turning off, you know, as you were scheduling the turn off of the Wi-Fi, you kind of psychologically just thought all internet is disabled even though LTE was still existing.
1: Right, right? yeah. That's wh- that's how I kind of was treating it, yeah. And it
0: was a good exercise. I mean, but so so on the other side of it, though, I mean, do you have stuff in place now? Maybe not technically, but like psychologically. I mean, you basically put your phone down. I know you have an, you have an Apple Watch. I think we were comparing. Mm-hmm. I think we were all looking at like our phones and our watches as we were sitting at the coffee <laughs> shop in Nashville. So. Nat-
1: naturally. Let's nerd out with coffee.
0: Yeah. Which model do you have? So, I mean, the the I mean, for me, that's what I tried to get to the point of doing is because anywhere in the house, if my phone is sitting on a charger face down and I have my watch on, like I can get, I can know I have a phone call, you know, whatever that means. Um, or I, I have a text from a friend or something, but like I have everything else turned off. So yeah, that's kind of my approach for the evenings. Of course, I that's the ideal approach. Often, yeah, I grab my phone and unfortunately that's just, you know, something I still have to kind of, uh, deal with addiction wise. But like, what do you, where are you at with this?
1: Yeah. I come upstairs and my phone usually goes, we've got a little spot in the kitchen next to the fridge. Uh, and so I'll, I'll usually just stick my phone right there and I, cause I use my phone to, to manage the Sonos speakers, which is kind of, that's my, I come upstairs. It's like, all right, it's time for it's evening, play some music and, uh, hang out help with dinner, help with the kids and the evening routine and all of that stuff. Uh, and then, cleaning the kitchen and and all of that just it's nice having we just like to have music in the background, mm-hmm. so but you've gotta have the, the the Sonos app to manage it all. I've thought about just setting up I've got an old ipad mini uh and a, and a couple old iPhone like a five s and some of these older models that are just sitting around like maybe I could just turn those into little dedicated sonos controllers um or I mean obviously like I could just get with the times and and get an echo dot or the new i think sonos one also has the alexa integration with it and you can control it through your voice now and and does some airplay stuff so uh so yeah that could be cool we have a home pod as well just to test it um i'm not as as huge of a fan i like having the multiple speakers around we got one in the backyard on the deck and one of the living room kitchen area. So it's like, as you move around the house, like there's just music playing. Yeah. And uh, I just really enjoy that. So for me, it's, yeah, I bring the phone upstairs and it's, it's nearby enough to, to use it to play DJ, but it's, it's out of my pocket. It's usually face down. It's in that corner. And, and then, then I've got the watch. So if, if I do get a message from somebody, I, I see it on my wrist, but otherwise there's nothing to check.
0: Yeah. And, and if you're doing that long-term enough, I mean, you're, you're, you're basically, you're in the habit cycle of, I'm okay with my phone not being on me. In other words, totally. Right. Totally. And yep. that's, that's a good place to be. And I mean, I mean, for all this talk of, I, I forget how old you are. I think you're, I think we're very similar in age. I'm 40. So
1: yeah, I'm 24.
0: Okay. And yeah. <laughs> we're not, you just look, you look more mature, but not old. I'm just, Great just Bald. I'm just bald and that's, gray. You're not bald. Come on. I'm the bald one. Um, anyway, so you are a millennial. That's weird. No,
1: I'm not 24. I'm 37.
0: Jeez, dude, stop. Yeah. Sorry, I'm leaving all this in (laughs) Um, as well. (laughs) So we are similar in age. So the the thing is, like lots of people are like, oh, millennials, they grew up with technology like they 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 can't help but have their phone on them at all times. I'm like, no, most people who did not have a phone growing up and including millennials have gotten to the point where they're just used to it. It's quick and easy to get habituated and even addicted to and used to having it on you at all times. There are 60, 70 year olds who have their phone on them at all times because they're just used to it. Now it's been, you know, 10 years plus since, you know, devices, in other words, are around. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's again, it's one of those things where it's like, no, you got to get used to not having it on you. You got to get used to like how we like, you know, are out and about and we have our, our keys, our wallet and our phone and our phone became that third Tripod piece a while ago, and I'm trying to break that habit.
1: Yeah, I'm a huge fan of leaving my phone at home and just taking my watch. So when I go to the gym, or if I'm going to run errands, or if I'm taking the my kids to like a play date, like over the weekend, there was a, a one of our fr- kids' friends had a pool party, mm-hmm. and just I'm like, well, I'm not using the phone in the pool. I'm leaving it at home. <laughs> you know, like what else am I going to do with it? Yeah, and it's yeah, it's it's actually a liberating feeling to to, to know I'm reachable. So my wife needs to call me or text me. They'll go through the watch, but there's no, so there's that, that basic just connection that I think is, is valuable and important and doesn't, I'm not looking to try to, to, to be off the grid all the time. I, you know, I'm, I love to go camping or, or, or go out into the woods and, and be off the grid from time to time, but not all the time. And so there's, I'm completely fine. I'm taking my kids, to a pool party and having that you know a cell phone uh, type capability text messaging capability from the watch uh, to be reachable and to reach in case of emergency or whatever but not to have the phone there so there's no social media there there's no email there there's no my task manager's not there all the things that the phone enables me to do I don't necessarily need to have access to those all the time right and it, it is a it's just a nice liberating feeling to like yeah just leave it at home yeah I'm fine yeah, I, I
0: love that. I don't, I didn't opt for the LTE version this time around, but I think that I probably will next time around. And see, I'm the kind of person who like, you know, if they come out with the next one and the four and the LTE and it's just that much bigger of a screen or that much faster of a processor. Like I, I had the series one a year late, uh, of the Apple watch, um, because Best Buy had it on sale. For a hundred dollars mm-hmm. off, and I'm like, well, now it's really worth it, you know. So I had it, and I had that for a, the longest time. And then uh, the Series Three came out, and I thought, do I need LTE? Uh, I don't really want to pay the extra like ten bucks a month. Now I would. Now oh, I, I think, love it. I think it's worth yes. it now. I think I definitely would. So. There's a lot of different people t- out there talking about, you know, focus. There's, you know, deep work. There's Cal Newport. There's uh, a number of different people. It's one of those things. I'm kind of curious, like, you've definitely just gone through yet another launch cycle. And uh, I know one of the components for you guys, at least it used to be, is this whole idea of doing, uh like, the eight-week, uh I'm not sure how you refer mm-hmm. to it, the eight-week cycle or the eight-week... Yeah. Um, what is it called? Is the focused work cycle or the eight-week work work cycle? And I'm curious how that works out for you guys in terms of is that a is that a company wide thing? Or is that just you personally?
1: Or how, how does yeah. that work? What what is the eight week work cycle? How does that work for you? Absolutely. No, this is awesome. So it's an idea. I'll i I'll explain it a little bit and then give a little bit of the backstory. So basically you're you're correct. So we do eight week cycles. And the first six weeks of that, so it's six and then one and then one, and that makes up the eight. And the first six weeks is what what we call the focused work cycle. And we have one project that we're really focused on, maybe two. And it's something that we can start and finish within six weeks and, and get it to completion and then kind of like wash our hands of it, ship it and be done. And so that's what we're doing during the six weeks. And then the seventh week is what we call a buffer. And this is a chance for us to then look back at the previous six weeks and also look forward to the next six weeks. So we do a little retrospective. Uh, how did it go? What was, what were our goals for the last six weeks? What did we hit? What did we miss? What would we do differently and kind of just process how it went and learn from it and leave some notes and, uh, for our future selves. If we ever come back to that project for whatever reason. And then we plan for the next six weeks and say, all right, what, what do we want to do now? Knowing what we know now, what are we going to do next? And sometimes we know the next work cycle ahead of time because things just make sense for us. Like our, we are kind of in a business model right now where we're, we're creating new products and launching them and, and certain products do better at certain times Um, like I, you know, we've got one that we're working on right now that it's just going to be really well-timed to come out the third week of September, just for certain reasons on the calendar. That's going to be the best time for us pretty much in the entire year. Uh, and so, like, okay, we know our next cycle is going to be that because that project at that time is the perfect opportunity for us. And so we know ahead of time, that's what we're doing. And we've got another thing that comes out at the very end of the year. It's an annual planning product. It's called Plan Your Year. And so obviously that's going to come out at the end of December and January. And so we know the the cycle that we're going to be working on that just because of the timing of it. But But we also want to give opportunity to say, okay, knowing what we know now, what are going to work on next? So that's kind of what the buffer week is for is it's the, the post-mortem or the retrospective and then the planning. And then that eighth week, the final week of the project, we actually take it off. It's a, we call it a sabbatical. And uh, we shut down the office and don't come in to work and just get time with family to do whatever, other projects, just whatever you want. Like it's, it's vacation. You're, you're, you're free to do what you want. And what we found was that we're able to get just as much work done in the same amount of time and so we can get with with the planning and with the learning and then the focused work time and then just choosing one thing only biting off what we can actually chew, so to speak we're able to get easily eight weeks worth of work done in a six-week period and so it's easy to compress that eight weeks worth of work into a six-week time frame and so then we get the chance to to plan and to learn and to prepare and then to rest. And so it's it's worked out really, really well. We're, we're going on over 18 months now of doing this. Uh, so last year, 2017, uh, my employee Isaac got two months of paid time off, basically, is how it all amounted to, uh, between the the sabbaticals and then uh, we take time off at the end of the year for uh, holidays and things like that. And so it's, it's a really great opportunity for just incorporating rest into our just rhythm of work. And we just hired um, another employee. Uh, her name's Joanna, and she's helping with a lot of administrative support and customer support, uh, as well as event management. And she's uh, been fantastic. But with customer support, we're still trying to figure out how that works. Mm. Because, like, for example, just this week, you know, we just launched the the 1Password course, uh, like, literally today, as we were talking about but next week is our sabbatical week but there's going to be a lot of customer support next week just as a result of this the the launch the new customers the new course like just there's just going to be customer support there's just a, a spike of it and so what joanna's going to be doing is she'll work like quarter time next week and just do some time each day only on customer support and and nothing else uh, and we're trying to figure out a way like hopefully to not launch right before sabbatical But sometimes that's just the way it has to work out. Um, But also trying to figure out, can't we incorporate it so that literally we can just shut the whole business down, put up this email autoresponder that says, hey, we take uh, every eighth week off as a team to spend time with our families, to celebrate rest, to recharge, and then to come back at full strength for our next uh, project that we're going to be working on. And so we're in the middle of a break right now. Uh, you know, we apologize that our customer support response time is going to be longer than normal. Hopefully, uh, you know, this is by doing business with us, you do business with the way that we do business or something like that. I don't know. I'd love to incorporate that into the culture, even of our readership and of our audience and bringing them in to take part in that. But at the same time, I'm like, some people need their money back and I want to give it to them as quickly as possible and not come across, um, you know, I want to uh, have like a really great customer experience. So we're trying to figure out how to balance that with customer support. But otherwise, the yeah, the, the whole company and that there's only three of us that are actually on payroll. Uh, but yeah, we all take the the week off.
0: This is incredibly healthy. I really want to operate along these lines, uh, in the future. Of course, I'm in a day job that, uh, you know, I don't know that I could definitely take a, a sabbatical once every, you know, se- seven weeks of, of work, so to speak, and then a week off. But this is really cool. I really enjoy that this is, I, I really think this is awesome. I, I just, I saw this and I thought, I can't believe there's that that this isn't something that like the real world doesn't do or figure out how to do, you know, like this is just one of those things where it's almost like working to be on vacation where you and I was talking with the talking to uh, one of my coworkers about this, like we were both going to be out of town and we were both like, all right, well, we get, let's work extra hard so we can then walk away. But then that's kind of some sometimes the downfall, right, is where – uh and this is why I appreciate your buffer week – is, one, you're doing some kind of looking back as well as looking forward. I assume you're doing some of the setup to where it's like, hey, when I walk back in after a week off, I'm not going to feel like, well, there went all the, the rest that I got from my vacation because now I'm sitting back down and I'm like – not you know. In other words, you you feel like oh, I need another vacation after a day back, getting stuff back set up, right?
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I come. So. We come into the office that Monday after the sabbatical, and we are just ready to work. Uh, you know, I'm I'm often like I'm, and I'm usually spending time. I'm still usually writing and reading and studying during my break week because like I want to. I'm I'm hungry for that, and I I feel like I'm 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 allowed to, so to speak. It's like there's no other because I am the kind of person. It's like. I have to be doing something all the time for me, rest is actually very difficult uh, and it's it's something I have to very consciously choose and I have to help plan it uh some people no problem right they're they're the other way they're like, I could never work from home because I would never get work done for me It's like I need these break weeks because otherwise I will just continue to work so for me it it really is a healthy it's it's helpful for my just emotions my kind of my creative headspace. Um, as the business owner and kind of as a very creative, uh, if you're familiar with Enneagram, I'm -hmm. a three, I'm a very, very three, three, and I will just work and I will avoid my feelings and I will work and all, you know, like all this stuff so for me, also the sabbatical has just been helpful to build in that chance for me to break and take a rest, but it's healthy for everybody. Like you just, you know, I mean, you wouldn't work 24 hours a day. Like you need your eight hours of sleep. You wouldn't work seven days a week. You need that weekend. And so to like on a bigger scale, like you need a, a known time that you will go on a break. And that for me is so helpful and so healthy to say, like, I know in, you know, seven weeks from now, six weeks from now, five weeks from now, there's going to be a break and I'm going to be able to rest. And it also just gives you some of that motivation where then during the focused work week, and we call it that for two reasons, the focused work cycle for one, it's because we're focused on a singular project. Um, and so we have, of course, right. our day to day, just the whirlwind of maintaining the business and, and all the, the things that we do uh, in that regard. But then we also have one very clear desired outcome that at the end of this six weeks, we are going to have something accomplished, whether it be a revamp of the the tagging structure that we use in our email service provider and making a better customer onboarding experience for people when they buy our courses um, or rather be a restructuring of the budget and me getting clarity about how to grow for the next year and things like that, like whatever it is. Or if it's creating an entirely new course and then marketing it and launching it, like whatever that may be, um, we have our desired outcome. So it's focused in that regard. And then we go, we've only got six weeks to ship this thing or to get done. And so it just brings just a natural, just a centering. Like you're just mentally and emotionally focused on the task at hand, knowing I got to Get this thing done in six weeks or less and it just helps clear out all the unnecessary all the fluff all the busy work and uh this is also crazy i've also begun working just 20 hours a week as well because the more focused we get and the more intentional we get i'm realizing i just had so much wasted time doing spending more hours a day than I needed to and longer for, you know, weeks and months on end where I'm like, I could compress this. And if I am more focused with my attention, I can get better work done in less time. Yeah, so it's, it's been really helpful. That,
0: that clarity of what you're supposed to be working on, you know, it's only this one thing really. And that's, that, that's the, that's the genius of it is like, wait a second. Not only are you just doing six weeks, you know, and you've got that buffer week in case like things suddenly change or whatever, but you've got mm-hmm. that in case, in case you need it. But 20 hours a week, I was not expecting that. That's crazy. Uh, good crazy though. I'm proud of you. Oh, well, I'm proud of you, but like, I'm proud that, that that's, I, you're proving that it can be done in other words. And that's why I really appreciate that. Um, a lot of people, they won't even take a week off in a year, or maybe they'll take one week off for a year.
1: Oh, know? that was me. That was absolutely yeah. me for the first five years that I was doing my, my own business. And the, for, for 10 years before that at my old job, uh, yeah, I was time off was like, just didn't it, I just didn't cause there was always something else to do. And there was even just, I just had a, I kind of had a guilt and like a fear associated to taking time off. And I felt lazy, you know, I felt like I got to lead by example. And I need to be setting an example for my team. I need to be setting an example for my audience, you know, the people that that read my stuff. And my example should be that I work harder and I hustle more than anybody. And I will never ask anyone to do something that I'm not willing to do 10 times more, right? And so if I'm going to have a full-time employee who works 40 hours, I'm going to work 41 minimum (laughs) because I want to lead by example. And... I've learned just recently like there's just some personal stuff that I've kind of kind of have uh just ha- gone through and discovered recently that leading by example only with hours as your, your quantitative measuring tool for how you lead by example, I'm the first one in the office, I'm the last one to leave, uh I will volunteer to work every weekend like with that mindset um I feel like that is that's in That's like the beginner's guide to leading by example. And if those are the types of people that you're leading, where if you don't do more than they and show up for longer hours than they, then they're not going to do the work. It's like, well, what kind of a culture do you have? What kind of people are you hiring? Like if you have to work more hours or else they're going to be lazy, then I would argue like, are you really leading people and are you really mentoring them? And do you really have like self-starting, self-sufficient, autonomous, intelligent adults working for you? Or do you have children working for you that you have to, to do 41 hours or they won't do 40? So that's my first thought. And then also realizing that there are other ways to lead by example in terms of choosing a healthy, balanced lifestyle that allows me, you know, I love how Michael Hyatt says it like to win at work, but also to succeed at life. And for me, I want to have a really great, thriving, healthy business that people enjoy being a part of and provides value to our readership, but also not at the expense of a great, healthy, thriving marriage and being present and as a dad for my kids. like I don't want to sacrifice one for the other or vice versa. I don't want to sacrifice my creative work and my business because uh, I'm, I'm afraid of, of failing as a dad or I'm afraid of failing as a husband. I want to have that balance where my kids recognize that work is important and it's, it's a privilege to be able to work and how awesome that is. And I want them to, to know that I'm happy to go to work and they can celebrate the work that I do but also, they know that work has a boundary, and that I also have very intentional dedicated family time that's equally as important, and you know they're they're valuable as well and so kind of having that balance and so leading by example in that regard as well, and so that's that's part of um that's kind of part of where I've been at with the the hourly stuff is it's forced me to delegate more. It's forced me to choose a healthy approach to work. And I'm not saying that 20 hours is more healthy than 40 hours. Just the season I'm in right now, this has really forced me to have to delegate to stuff to people. It's forced me to eliminate certain things from the business that we just didn't need to be doing because they weren't absolutely essential. Um, And, and, you know, for my own, even how I'm spending my time, it's helped me to, like, as a result, we hired a customer support person, we have hired an events administrator, you know, Joanna's helping us with that stuff. Because I was like, I can't do this. If I'm only going to work half time, I need someone else to help. And so bringing someone else and then instantly, she has so much value to add to the team. So many ideas. Uh, You know, she's just already moving things forward in a way that even if I were doing it myself, I wouldn't be able to do it half as well as she's doing it because she has the experience, she has the wisdom uh, to lead this in a way that I don't even know. So it's it's been really helpful in a lot of different ways.
0: So how did you lock into this? Because it, it seems like somebody dared you to get eight weeks worth of work done in six weeks.
1: Yeah, it came from two different, uh, two different people that I have a, a lot of respect for. Jason Freed, who runs Space Camp, and uh, my friend, Sean McCabe, who runs a brand called Sean West, and I got the idea for the sabbaticals from Sean because he does the something very similar over at the Sean West team is they do these, uh, they do six weeks on one week off. So similar to like a week, you know, six days on one week off, like a, a, a day of like Sabbath or day of rest. So kind of similar approach. So for them, it's every seventh week uh, is the sabbatical. And they've been doing this for quite a while, uh, a few years even before I started doing it. And then what Jason Fried uh, was sharing about at Basecamp is they do these six weeks of focused work cycles. And that's kind of how their development and project management teams work is in these six-week cycles where they then choose a project to work on toward the Basecamp product of whatever they're going to improve or new feature they're going to build or uh, a bug they're going to fix or whatever it may be. And they focus on it and they complete that feature and ship it in six weeks or less. Because the, the whole hypothesis is that work will expand to fill the amount of time that you give it. So if you give a project six months, it'll take six months. If you give it six weeks, well, it'll take six weeks. And obviously, sometimes the scope is going to be different. But it's like, well, why are you going to build like the version 3.0 of this over a six month period when you could build the version 1.0 in six weeks and you don't even know what you don't know yet? So why have this huge, big scope and bite off this massive project when you don't even know what you don't know yet? So keep it small. Keep it simple. Keep it lean. And then – build as you grow and as you learn, and then iterate on the areas that are obvious that you need to iterate on, and then ignore the areas that you might've thought were important that you found out are actually not important at all. So I'd kind of mesh those two together, the base camp six-week cycles with the Sean McCabe sabbaticals and and mesh them together. And that's how we kind of got our eight-week cycle.
0: Well, and I love that you've got that. In between Mm -hmm. the focused work cycle of the six weeks And the sabbatical of one week, you've got that buffer week. And I really like that buffer week less so that it's like a a spillover from the six weeks as like a just in case I need it kind of a thing, but more so that it's like a recalibrating and, you know, turning your gaze back over to, Hey, in this past six weeks, these two or three ideas came up randomly that we're not yet slated to do anything with when in the next. Upcoming six week cycles, should we place those? That kind of, you know, organizational recalibration of, hey, you know, every eight weeks is, is another season in the business, essentially, Mm -hmm. you know, and, and so being able to have that time to really, uh, to think, to have that time. But are you saying that you don't take maybe any of the time to sit and do focused stuff like, I, the six week cycle, I'm just trying to break this down. I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm, 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 te- I'm testing it out in my mind here. Um, so for example, in an average work week for me, that's how I'll identify this. Uh, like Monday and Friday are kind of a open up the week and close the week kind of a thing where I've got not only am I looking at the current week as I enter it and exit it, but also like the next few weeks or the next month or two. And so I'm wondering, do you do any of that inside of that six weeks, that focused work cycle, or is that all left over for the buffer week?
1: That's a great question. And it kind of depends. There's no rules uh, for when you can have an idea or when you can consider a future opportunity. But for the most part, I we, we do the planning for what we're actually going to do next during the buffer week. And we have ideas all the time. Like I'm constantly like, Oh, I want to do this. Or what about this? Or, you know, I'm, I'm thinking about this and I'm just kind of a creative idea thinker just by nature. So I'm like, for me, like ideas are not the problem. It's, it's choosing to not take them on the moment I have them. Me too. <laughs> which is, which is what I used to do. Right. So I used to have like eight active projects, like all going because they're all really good ideas. And in my mind it was like, well, if it's a good idea, then I'm already losing time by not doing it and not having it out there in the world. And what I realized was like, okay, that is a very childish viewpoint to my, I'm not giving my ideas credit. If this is a good idea, well, then it can afford to wait until it can be done well. And so we've, like for me, what I've learned to do is when I get that idea or I'm like, oh, this would be a huge opportunity for us. or This would be really great to do this or I'd love to try that out. Then we write it up in Basecamp and I've got to be able to articulate it and I got to be able to pitch it to my team, so to speak. And then now it's got like, it has a place. It's been documented. So during that moment of inspiration, I document kind of all the, the loose ends and the the just the stuff around that idea. Why do I think this is a good idea? What would the outcome be? What am I hoping to do? Um, what's the goal? All this stuff, right? Like kind of document all that. And then it's like, okay. Well, we're in the middle of a work cycle right now, so we're not going to take on anything. We've already committed to, to the work that we're doing now, and we got to ship this in a few weeks, so we're not doing any new ideas. We're not adding to our workload. We are already at capacity with what we've committed to do, so this idea can just wait. And then sometimes we come back and we're like, yep, that was a great one. We're doing that next. Or we're like, yeah, that's dumb. Or we're like, <laughs> who knows? Or we're going, eh you know, we got some other stuff we would rather do. So we'll just leave that there. And then so sometimes we come back, and sometimes we don't. And, uh, and then there's also the challenge, though, of going, this is really important. And we just don't have the margin to do it right now. And uh, like, I've got a few things that I really want to improve uh, on the suite setup in terms of some of the site design stuff, and some of the way that we uh, do our newsletter. Uh, I've got several uh just very clear. Like I know exactly what needs to be done. I know exactly what I want to do. And it's gonna take me probably three, four, five weeks to do it. And it's just we just haven't gotten to it in a few months because there's other stuff we're doing. And I have this commitment to say we're just we're not gonna work over capacity and also going, I'm not gonna spend extra money if something like You know, like just going, I'm going to stay within my budget of time and stay within my my budget for running the business financially and just go, I will just have to get to this when I can. There's other stuff that's more important and learning to be okay with that and to not feel like, you know, to be able to like sleep at night knowing there's a really good idea with very clear next steps that is just having to wait until I can get to it and have time and just holding those boundaries uh, has, has been really helpful.
0: That's really cool. Well, and the other thing you don't want to do is you've got that, that sabbatical week that comes every cycle, whether you, quote, need it or not. Now, you do need it, but in other words, you're not, uh, you know, exhausted at that point. You're not uh, burnt out because, it, you know, if you were burnt out, it's kind of too late for that sabbatical yep. week.
1: You're no, at the exactly. point of needing it. Nailed it. No, totally nailed it. That's exactly the the rest is built into the it's it's built into a healthy rhythm, so that it comes whether you feel like you need it or not, and then that's why we come back from the break and we're like, man, I'm ready to go. Like I don't need a vacation from my vacation because we have this rhythm of healthy pace for focused work and then resting, and then because we're planning for what we're going to do next, it's like, man, I come in on Monday and I'm like, I know what we're going to be doing because we decided a week ago. Right before the break, like we decided what we're going to start working on. So that way, when we come in, it's like, man, let's go. We're ready to go. It's awesome.
0: Yeah, I just realized I answered my own question from a while ago as to why (laughs) most people find that when they get back from vacation, it, quote, wears off pretty soon after is because they're not, uh, you know, it took them forever. You You know how it is, or it used to be at least where for you, you'd go on vacation and it would take you a few days to adjust. Then you'd finally get acclimated, and then it's over, yep. and then you come back. And and the thing that you've beaten is basically that cycle because you aren't overtaxing yourself, but you're being extremely focused, and then you've got another cycle. Mm-hmm. And so it's easier for you, I assume, to kind of – one, you're never overtaxed, but two, then you acclimate quicker and jump back in quicker, and it's it's almost less of a transition, really. There's almost no transition, really, right? Yep.
1: I, absolutely, yeah. There's there's almost no transition. That's it's, great. Yeah,
0: I really admire this. I, I, again, I I don't know that I can implement this specifically in my life exactly the way you're doing it. But again, that's the point of like this show. We talk to people, have these conversations, and get what you can. And then now, you know, with that model, like I'm not going to stamp that model onto my life. I'm like, no, I have to have six weeks of this, and you know, no, like I can take some of the learnings. Uh, of why this works and the principles behind it. And I can start to apply it to my work, not just on a weekly basis, but on like, you know, every say, for example, I could say every, I don't know, two months, make sure to take like one extra day off or something like that. That's intentional as like, and, and one day is like a thought day where I'm Mm -hmm. not like hands on with stuff, but I'm like big picture
1: looking backwards as well as forwards. Well, and you want – I would do – if you're going to do that, I would do two days. I would do one as your thought day and one as your I have no commitments day where I'm going to sleep in. I'm going to go to the park. I've got nothing where you're – a disconnected day. Mm -hmm. And I would tie that in even with your weekend, right? So you've got a three-day – every couple months, you've got a three-day weekend where you change your pace somehow, and you get out of the house or whatever it is, you you go on a trip, you or you don't, or you do a staycation, whatever, but something that changes your pace. And it's a consistency where you, you're looking ahead to it and not like, you know, not everything's riding on this trip or this three-day weekend, right. right? You're not cramming it. It's like, no, this is a chance to rest and actually exhale and, you know, whatever.
0: Yeah. Actually, you just put another nail on the head of it as far as vacation goes, because a lot of times because we rest so unintentionally and so few and far between when we do all the pressures on and then it can easily, you know, our expectations are easily broken mm-hmm. or not met. So,
1: yeah. yeah, I have a good friend, um, uh, some friends of ours, they've got four boys and, uh, recently the, the mom, was, she was talking about how she realized there was this different difference now between a vacation and a family trip. And she was like, when I, before we had kids, like vacation was yeah, like sleeping in bed and breakfast, go to the beach, hang out, relax, et cetera. So then you have kids and it's like, go, go, go. It's crazy. Like I'm pulling my hair out. Everyone's running around. Someone's breaking their arm. Da da She was like, I had to change my verbiage to go. We don't go on family vacations anymore. Now we go on family trips. And it's an opportunity to spend time with my kids and to build memories as a family. This is not a time to rest and relax and recharge as a parent. It's a time to like, you know, go somewhere crazy with my kids. And just that, just the semantics of that, of adjusting the language of, oh yeah, there's a difference between a vacation and a family trip. And when you know the difference and then you can go in with those, with better expectations. It's like, yeah, if I take my kids, you know, i We were recently in Colorado and and went out there and and were visiting with cousins and and got to spend some time in the mountains. And my wife and I were like, okay, yeah, this is going to be a family trip. Like, We're not going to get very much time to ourselves. We're not going to get a chance to sleep in because sleep schedules when we uh, go travel like kind of get crazy. We're going to be spending a lot of time with family. So, there's just going to be less downtime than normal. So, we're not going to rest and relax and have vacation. We're going to have a fun time doing a trip and doing things and experiencing a different environment, having our kids be around their other cousins and their other grandparents and, and the chance to be with that side of the family and have fun outside in the mountains. That's what we're going to do. And we're just going to like 100% for that and not complain the fact that we didn't get to sleep in and do our bed and breakfast thing or whatever. So
0: Yeah. And having that expectation up front and being aware of it, is why it's not a big deal, and actually, it's it's so much more enjoyable, and and you know you don't feel like even if you didn't get a lot of sleep, like that you're losing a lot of sleep. Really, mm-hmm. you know, it, yep. it's funny how the the mind plays tricks, and the emotions too, for that matter. Totally. <laughs> well, this is the type of stuff that again, like, not only do you geek out on the you know tools and toys and stuff over on the sweet setup that's really helpful when it comes to productivity tips and tools, but like. It's the philosophy and the, the, you know, living of, I don't know, a, a life beyond the to-do list that I really appreciate, uh, you bringing to the table with your site. So again, it's awesome talking with you, quote, on the record, but, uh, <laughs> I look forward to seeing you again sometime soon here. Uh, is other than the one password thing, which I'll, I, I, you know, honestly, I'm going to link up to all of the courses in the show notes for this episode. Uh, but one password, that's the new one. Uh, do you want to do a quick pitch for that?
1: Yeah. Literally one password is an amazing app. I, I kind of in the marketing, I, I'm, I'm putting it out there that I feel like the word, the name one password doesn't really do the app justice because if, for me, I've got personal identity, you know, information, all my kids, social security numbers, their birth certificates, you know, digital copies and stuff like that are in there. Uh, you know, medical power of attorney will, uh, Insurance stuff, vehicle information, like D- W-9 contractor stuff for my, my job, my employees, social security numbers, like things that are just critical information you kind of need to know. And I can literally like within one password, it's all encrypted. So, you know, it's really safe there. And then I can access it from my phone anywhere or, you know, on my computer, on my iPad, whatever. So it really is this... Just a powerful vault, so to speak, digital vault that holds that critical. It's like the firebox information stuff you put in your firebox that you put in in your closet. Uh, it's like if the whole house burns down, these are the five pieces of paper that I would really be in trouble mm-hmm. if they burned with it. It's like, well, I've got all that in one password, so it's really helpful. And then obviously, all of the passwords, all the login information, and everything is stored in there as well. Um, so the app is truly versatile. And, uh, so that's part of why we wanted to help people figure it out. Cause for me, it's like, this is a must have, it's critical. It's on all my home screens. It's in my dock. Like, it's just like this app is something I've been used every day for a decade and uh, what, you know, so it's like, hey, let's let's share the love, help other people figure out how they can use it as well. So that's yeah, kind of the they pitch. really
0: they really need to, to, to rename themselves like Firebox or something like that. I don't know. <laughs> it's too late now. They're Fire. 10 years in. Yes. Ten years they, in. They've got they've got branding that's got that's got yeah. in. And, you know, I mean, and, it, and I get it like you only need one password to get access to everything else. And, you know, it's it's that digital security vault. I love it. So. Sean, awesome to talk with you. And uh, yeah, I'll link up to all the show. In fact, I I need to. I just made a note right now that I need to go grab my copy of that course so I can go through and, and uh, I, I've been meaning to do a um, an audit of my 1Password. So I'm going to go through the course and then do that. So nice. I, I invite everyone else to do that with me.
1: <laughs> <laughs> sounds awesome.
0: Sean, it's been awesome talking with you. Thanks so much for being here.
1: Absolutely. Thanks for having me, Eric. Appreciate it. I
0: hope that you enjoyed this conversation with Sean Blanc. I know that I did. I always have fun talking with him. Seriously, we geeked out over iPhone and Apple watch and productivity stuff, a bunch of other things with a bunch of other people down in Nashville, Tennessee or Franklin, Tennessee to be more specific. Uh, a little over a year ago, I'm looking forward to seeing him and a bunch of others and hoping you, if you'll join us at Jeff Goins tribe conference. Again, you can find out more about that by going to beyond the dot com slash tribe. And while you're there, you can go to the show notes for this episode to find the links to the one password course from the suite setup as well as all their other courses. You'll find that at the show notes for this episode at beyond the dot com slash two three seven. And that, my friends, wraps up another episode of the Beyond the To-Do List podcast. I'm thrilled to be able to bring this show to you. I'm glad that you listened. I know there's somebody else out there who needs to hear about the eight-week work cycle. I'd love for you to share this episode with that person. And with that, I will see you next episode.